From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. With Ukiah ER doctor, Dr. Drew Colfax and Alicia Bales. Since the pandemic began, Dr. Colfax has done regular live updates for KZYX listeners on the latest news and numbers and answered questions from callers. Bad news on my TV screen, bad news on the magazines, bad news on the newspaper, bad news on the elevator, bad news on the street, bad news on my car, bad news on my feet, bad news out of the bar. And good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax for the local coronavirus update. Good afternoon, Drew. Hello, Alicia. It's nice to have you back. Well, thank you. It's Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 3.30. And how long have we been doing this now? Since late February, I think. Yes. How many months is that like? What are we in, November? Maybe maybe eight months. Yeah, a lot. Seven, eight months. A lot of months. So uh, every once in a while... We have to come to you, listeners, and ask you to to send donations for the programming that you appreciate here at KZYX. And we know a lot of you really appreciate Dr. Drew Colfax coming in here and keeping you updated on the latest uh, the numbers, the latest science, the latest reality around coronavirus. <laughs> we try to keep it real. Yes, most definitely, which is not actually happening in, in that many places uh, in this country right now. So if you appreciate this programming, we are asking you to please call 895-2233 or go to www.kzyx.org. We've got phone answerers standing by and you can donate on the website as well. Uh, any amount would be wonderful. We have thank you gifts for any amount over $50. We also, or actually the masks special masks for with KZYX logo. Those are for a $35 donation. Those and are doctor approved. I'm wearing one right now. I see it. It's Aren't they lovely? Yes. It's so, and yes. it fits very nicely. I don't know. There's yeah. something just about this particular mask. Almost guaranteed to protect you against coronavirus. Almost. If yeah. you stay six feet away from people yeah. or stay shut up in your home. Yeah. Um, well, did you see the news that masks also now protect the wearer? No big surprise there. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash. Yeah. Um, and also for the for uh, 20 people who pledged today, we have a $25 gift certificate to Black Oak Coffee Roasters in Ukiah. That's for a $100 donation. Again, that phone number is 895-2233. And we have a couple of, of special uh, coronavirus update little extra plugs here. We've got a $100 challenge for the coronavirus update. So the first $100 of donations will be doubled from Anonymous in Ukiah. Thank you, Anonymous. And we also have um, a goal for the show, and that is $500 today. I think you all can do this. I would hope so. I would hope so. We've been having this coronavirus conversation for many a month, and uh, I feel like we've got a little community that tunes in every 3 p.m. So if you're part of that community, if you enjoy the show, please call and either join or rejoin or uh, bump your giving up a little bit. Um, And we know you know how to use the phone because you all call us every Monday (laughs) and Wednesday. So, yeah. So that's... That's what we got to say about that. We'd love to hear the phone ring, 895-2233, kzyx.org. Now, let's get into it. Okay. Well, things are 
unfortunately, uh, moving very quickly. Uh, not necessarily in this county too significantly in terms of absolute numbers, um, but still definitely drifting in the wrong direction locally, statewide, and certainly nationally. Uh, since our show on Monday, we have added another 11 cases. So we're at 1,242 uh, positive confirmed cases in Mendocino County since the beginning of all of this. 32,700 test and change 1260 some are still pending uh the concerning news is the bump in the hospitalization just in a couple days and we went from four to ten including one in the icu uh and added unfortunately another death as well so 22 people have died from coronavirus in this county that we know of uh so locally um the numbers are still sort of fairly low but the the hospitalization rate has bumped i'm not sure why i worked through monday morning and i haven't been back but i will be there early tomorrow morning and we'll have a sense of why there's this sudden uptick uh you know we we know um certainly that it is a lagging sort of indicator hospitalization but we really haven't had a surge in the last two weeks that would drive the number to go up this way so it might just be sort of a random uh variation uh certainly what's not random however is the hundred and uh, 39,000 cases we added in the last 24 hours in this country, quarter million, over a quarter million people uh, since Monday's show, um, if you can wrap your mind around that. It's uh, hard. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The, the two-week trend right now nationwide is up 69%. I'm pretty sure that two weeks ago we were up about 30% for the two-week trend. So And that it, was bad. And that was bad. So, you know, up 30 and then up 69 from 30. That's that's a pretty sharp curve. And if you look at the case count curve, it's, it's still just very frightening. Um, and it's starting to reach California. We're up 43% over the last two weeks in the state of California. Nevada is up 60 percent in the last two weeks and as um everybody knows most of nevadans live right up against california so this wave is it's starting to hit us um and in the next couple of weeks are going to be pretty grim and we're also at record hospitalizations nationwide right yeah about sixty-nine thousand uh hospitalizations that's a that's a new personal record for the country yeah. um and large numbers of the hospitals particularly through the uh more rural areas of the Rocky Mountain and the Midwest areas are completely overwhelmed. They're shipping people, they're flying people huge distances to tertiary centers, which are also now reaching capacity. So it's it's unfortunately unfolding the way a lot of us were concerned that it may. Uh, PPE is already starting to run a little bit short, um, and I there's just no there's no governmental response right now. I mean, there's just none. It's right. just everybody's distracted by you know the the scenario in washington as it plays out i heard uh president-elect biden this morning on the radio say that opening schools safely is a national emergency and just that really upset like it was upsetting to hear somebody actually say it like i was kind of overwhelmed like we've been waiting so long for somebody in a position that could make a difference to say something to acknowledge what's going on with our lives and he said it and i just kind of got over emotional about it it. it's it would be nice to have you know some coherent leadership on this at a national level with an organized um messaging and organized science-based approach but we just haven't seen that and we're not going to see it until you know the end of january and that is a long way off Uh, that is a very long way off you know we're starting to see um a 
significant number of deaths uptick as well. 1,400, uh, 1,450 uh, in the last 24 hours in this country. I mean, that's that's that's, that's bad. That's three, you know, Boeing 777, 747s going down a day right now. At the worst, the worst of it, the first wave, mm -hmm. uh, it was 3,000 a day, right? It was. It was 2,500 or 3,000 for about a month, maybe a little bit less than a month. That was when New York um, was totally That's when New York was completely overwhelmed and... Unfortunately, people were mismanaging uh, the sickest patients. Um, ah. And so, you know, I, I don't think we'll ever see that percentage of mortality, um, but the numbers are going to be up over 3,000 in the next couple of weeks. I, I'm quite certain of saying that. Um, we can't be adding 140,000 cases a day um, for very long without the death rate starting to climb extremely steeply. And so in the context of this record-breaking numbers of cases and hospitalizations and impending deaths, why are we talking about reopening things? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I you know, there's a lot of talk, um, particularly amongst people who listen to non <laughs> um, non vetted news sources, shall we say, um, that the uh, cure is worse than the disease, um, and it needs to be kept in mind that we're seeing this many deaths and this much disease with everything that we're doing, however imperfectly. Um, so we may not be actually completely sheltering in place and locking everything down, but things are not normal, as everybody knows, and we're still seeing this many cases. So the, the, the disease, if it were left to just run rampant without any sort of restrictions, would be much, much, much worse. Um, and I think when people talk about the cure being worse than the disease, they're actually comparing our current cost of containment versus our current disease burden, presuming that our disease burden would remain the same without the cost of containment. Um, and that's, that, that's, that's a major point. Um, it, it really needs to be kept in mind that if we just open things up and go back to normal, then these case counts are going to go through the roof again. Um, and, you know, the schools are going to perhaps reopen. I have been very clear. I think that is misguided. Um, I think it is inane, frankly, for lack of a better word, that there's some sort of policy in place that once schools reopen, they're not going to shut back down again. I mean, that's that's akin to having firefighters tell you that the fire in the apartment building's out, and if you go in, fine, but you're not about it, allowed to come back out if the fire starts raging again. I mean, I, it just makes no sense. It makes no scientific sense. And I think it it bespeaks the massive pressures on getting the schools reopened, which I understand, but really the way to reopen schools is to get this get this under control mm -hmm. and, and at the very least have have very very strong testing policies in place right testing and not only testing but outreach i mean there just needs to be incredible amount of testing and testing in real time mm -hmm. with contact tracing and we just we have not yet seen locally statewide or nationally that sort of robusticity and frankly in this in the counties or the states that have case counts that are 10, 15 times higher than ours, which are a lot of states right now, um, they're not even attempting to do it anymore. They're just, it's just burning out of control. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, shall we open up the phone lines? I'm sure that's going to really open up the donor lines, <laughs> that, that cheery conversation. So, you know, all of you, all of your people who love dark and darkness and gloom, um, pick up your phone yeah. and support KZYX and the local coronavirus update. Sometimes we veer away from the local, I have to say, but it's okay. That's okay. Um, 
I noticed on Monday you were a little teary, and I wondered who was sitting in the studio with me. So now we're back to... <laughs> now no, I recognize you. No, well, I, I, I still feel that the, the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine um, news was exceptionally good news. Just a 90% reduction in disease burden is phenomenal for this type of a, a vaccine. Um, there, there's... There's a lot between here and there, um, as as everybody knows, but that's still very, very good news, and I found that um, encouraging. It, it made that light at the end of the tunnel much more clear. Yeah. Okay, so let's just mention that we are in our in our flash drive, our fundraising drive. We call it the flash drive because it's short. We've been doing a, a quiet drive for the last two months, so we've raised... Uh, over $60,000 and now we need to raise the other half to get over our goal of 120000 So we're going to do it in these five days. We're going to go, we're going to be going here with our fundraising drive until Sunday and you can help out by calling 895-2233 895-2233 or kzyx.org. There's a donate page on our website. Uh, but now let's go ahead and open our online phone line so you can call in and join this on, this on air, on, sorry, not online, on air phone line. So you can join the, the conversation here on air. That's 895-2448. And we do have callers already. So let's go ahead and see what's on their mind. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on KZYX. Caller? Maybe she called the donor yeah, line. Yeah, she must have. Oh, that's what happened. She called the donor line to make her donation uh, and just left the, the phone hanging. <laughs> okay, here we go again. Good afternoon, caller. You are live on the air. Hi. Hello. Uh, I'm sorry to call so often, but I have some crucial. Okay, I'm so glad you're on, both of you, and I did pledge, and please, everyone, pledge. This is a crucial show. Thank you. Uh, I went to, had to go to Los Angeles, came back. I was probably exposed to the virus, could have been, had a test locally last Sunday. But I had the chimney sweep in the house today. We were wearing masks, and I had to go to the store while I was downtown. Explain to me, please, what does quarantine mean? You lock yourself in your house, and you're not around any other human being? That's correct, yes. You're supposed to be completely walled off from the rest of society, um, with, with some exceptions. I mean, you need to get food uh, into your house. but Yeah, but uh, I mean, should I start from today or tomorrow because the chimney sweep was in my house? No, I think you should start from when you came back from your trip. Okay, and also, the test that I had on Sunday, now the paperwork they gave me said... I won't even know till a week from today that the that the tests don't even get to San Francisco till today, and then I have to wait till the 18th, which is a week. Is could that be a false? I thank God I have no symptoms. Yeah, that's but, a that's a long delay, and frankly, the test that you're going to get with a seven to ten day delay is essentially useless both to you and to public health. Um, it it may give some sense of sort of the prevalence in the county um, in a in a delayed fashion, but it certainly doesn't do anything to allow any containment. Okay, but sir, that's the only test they're giving over here. I know, I know. So you mean it's not really accurate? I'm not saying it's not accurate, but a test that takes seven to ten days to return doesn't really guide um, policy uh, in real time in a way that's useful, right? It doesn't allow for contact tracing. It doesn't allow for isolation of positive cases until it's too late. So but I mean, okay, until our new government comes in and they really change things to reflect that they're trying to save our lives, this is all we have, correct? That is correct, yes. So would you say... 
they are only going to call me if it's positive, right? That's Should what... I immediately try to get another test as soon as I can? No. I... I, w- I would wait perhaps a week um, between the two no, tests. No, I mean if... after that date. Uh, yeah, that would be a reasonable time um, to um, get tested again. I, but I, I really wouldn't sweat the details. I know I know you live in a fairly remote area, and there's not a lot of testing in your area, the county currently. Um, and you know, as long as you're asymptomatic, that's the main thing. I would continue to quarantine, um, and as long as you're asymptomatic, um, get tested again just to allay your fears and to help the county. But I wouldn't um, I wouldn't sweat the details as to the timing of that subsequent testing. All right. Thanks for that call, caller. We have another call. Good afternoon, Kali. You're live on the air. Yes, hi. Um, I wanted to talk about the vaccine, the upcoming vaccine. I think it was Amy Goodman yesterday. I heard a discussion about how that vaccine, once it's in a, in a, a form where it can be uh, parceled out across the United States, that it has to be stored and transported at very cold temperatures, like 40 degrees below Celsius. 80 below Celsius. And they were talking about how this was going to be a terrible problem because not only would it be hard to transport, but a lot of hospitals don't even have facilities that have refrigerators or freezers that cold. So I wanted to hear what Dr. Colfax had to say about that. Yeah, it's it's actually a huge limitation of this vaccine. Um, it's it's nice that it's so effective, or at least the preliminary data suggests a very degree high degree of efficacy. But it has a serious shortcoming, namely, it needs to be kept at eighty degrees below zero Celsius. Eighty, 80 uh-huh. yeah, um, as I recollect, which means it needs to be kept on dry ice. Um, and going down the wormhole of dry ice a little bit, dry ice is primarily made uh, through um, bioethanol uh, production and ethanol production has dropped off quite a bit because we're not driving as much during the pandemic. So there's actually a national dry ice shortage just when we need a lot of dry well, of ice. Of course there is. Yes. Why wouldn't that wow, be what happened? Yeah. Wow. So, so- so all the optimism about this vaccine is really pretty premature. It's quite... Would it be fair to say that? Any optimism about any vaccine is premature because it needs to be ramped up into production and then it needs to be distributed and then it needs to be administered to a willing public. Um, and right, there, and right. So, and I have seen things on social media that make it seem as though, okay, here it is. Yeah, no, Like uh, it's that, all solved and that seems so inaccurate and premature to me. It is. I wanted to confirm that with you. Your sense is correct. Um, But... You know, it, it appears that there might be 15 million um, people who would be perhaps candidates for vaccination with this Pfizer vaccine by the end of the year, uh, maybe by uh, January. Getting it to rural Mendocino County, I don't think it's going to happen. Frankly. Okay, okay, but I'm going to be optimistic. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am optimistic about All right. this. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Colfax. You're Thanks welcome. Thanks for the call. All right, you ready? Yeah. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. I'm live on the air right now. You are indeed. Welcome. Problem, because not only would it um, be hard to transport, but a lot of hospitals. Is, is that your my question, radio? My question is, um, if we had um, in February, um, caller, with, uh, can you turn your radio off? Um, what would our death count be now? I'm sorry. What's the question again? There's a lot of interference. Okay. Um, the, the question is, like, if we had started in February with uh, masking and social distancing 
and you know, willingly and, and enthusiastically. Um, what would our death count be now? Well, we don't, we don't, uh, you know, it's hard to predict. I mean, there was a fairly significantly um, disseminated and thought to be a fairly accurate analysis of California's um, rapid decision or early decision to pull the trigger on um, shelter in place back in March. Um, and that analysis suggested that it perhaps saved up to 100,000 deaths or prevented 100,000 deaths in the state of California. I don't know if that still is thought to be accurate given the slightly improved treatment modalities that we have available at this point. Um, we, you know, we have a sense um, that if this had continued um, unimpeded through the country, that the death count would be over a million, certainly, right now. If there had been more widespread adoption and continued adherence to everything that we were doing so rigorously back in March, I'm quite comfortable saying that we wouldn't be at 241,000 uh, American deaths, um, but the number is, you know, somewhere between those two points. We just, it, it's very hard to predict accurately. All right. Thanks for that call, caller. I had to let you go because there was a lot of noise in the background. So sorry about that. Um, the phone lines are open and the and the number in the studio here is 895-2448 if you want to call up and talk with Dr. Drew Colfax. This is the local coronavirus update here on KZYX. And we have been coming to you three times a week. Two to three times a week. Yeah. So the county, um, the county has adopted the Friday the time Friday, slot. Yeah. So I'm now. still here. Yeah. You're I'm here. still here yeah. talking with the public health officer yeah. on Friday. First it was Dr. Duen and now it's Dr. Corin. Yeah. Uh, but we are doing everything we can to give you a direct line to good information about this pandemic. Uh, we want you to be informed. We want you to feel empowered. And so we do this multiple times a week. So give to KZYS. Yes. And how do you do that, Dr. Colfax? Well, I believe you can go to KZYX and hit the Donate Now button, or you may call 895-2233. And we have, uh, so far, some thank yous. Uh, Tom Honeycutt, thank you very much, uh, donated for the local coronavirus update. Uh, Karen Byers also donated. She says she really appreciates the COVID updates, the fires updates, and everything the station does. Thanks, Karen. Love to hear from you. And then we have a donation from Anonymous. Um, and they didn't leave any comment, but we thank you all the same, Anonymous. And to everybody who has called in, we have made uh, $400 of our $500 show goal. So we just need $100 more to get the coronavirus update up to our goal of $500. And let's get back to our phone calls because that is what we are here to do. We've got two folks on the line. Good afternoon, caller. You are live on the air. Hi, thank you, and thank you for this program. Could you go over the availability and turnaround of uh, testing now in the county, including Ukiah as well as Fort Bragg, and maybe include the availability or inavailability of the rapid tests? Yeah, so right now, as of now, um, the OptumServe site in Ukiah is still up and running. Um, and I believe that the health centers in the county are going to lose their allotment of tests um, that have been sent to UCSF, uh, I believe, the end of this week, actually. Um, and so. Yeah, it's on the 15th. Yeah, so what happens after that, um, we still, I still haven't heard. Um, I don't know if the county has some inside information. 
I know they're working hard to sort of line that up and get sort of get a mobile testing um, apparatus set up, whether that's going to be on a rotating schedule through staffed clinics um, around the county or whether it's going to be something based out of Ukiah that's literally going to be a mobile van of some sort. I don't know. Um, that's something that uh, Andy could talk about on Friday, and I'm sure he will. He will. Um, but and I wondered about the OptumServe. I've, go, I've gone over there a couple times. It was a great service. Tried to make it a um, de- test before Thanksgiving, and the last date available was the 19th on their calendar, and I wondered if they're not offering that after the 19th of this month. Do you know? That's true. I, I haven't heard. I, I, I think there's they're contracted through at least the end of the year, maybe even the end of January is, is my understanding. Um, but certainly through the end of the year. So I, I don't know why that would be the last available appointment date. Um, you know, I've noticed okay. a few times on the website I've gone to make an appointment and there weren't any available and then I went a couple days later and there were a whole bunch available yeah, so they also you know. they also i mean initially they insisted on having an appointment but they they do take drive ups now true. as well yep, and they're pretty it. fast it doesn't take long to get a covid swab any longer um, and the test Great. results the test I results are coming back faster as well i, I know that they uh, warn people to expect you know 7 to 10 days but in general um, the OptumServe results are returning in 3 to 4 days I, I don't want you to rely upon that but that's kind of been normative uh, over the course of the last several months yeah all right the phones are ringing out in the um, in the donation center where people Good. are picking up the donation line at 8952233 but they're also ringing here in the studio too so let's take another call Good afternoon caller you are live on the air Hello. Um, thank you for your report. And uh, I, I was looking at the graphs and charts, and it gets a little bit overwhelming. But I just kind of like did some math on it, and I was looking at the population in the United States is 332 million people, um, and according to the CDC, over 10 million people have currently been infected or have been infected. Correct. Is that correct? Yep. So basically. One person in 32 people in the United States have had or currently have COVID. That's correct. So we're about 3% of the population having been diagnosed or test positive for COVID. The actual numbers are certainly quite a bit higher than that, um, but it's really just an estimate. Because one chart on the CDC said that the, the possible, you know, that we've tested this many people, but they think it might be 10 times that amount. Is that true? Some estimates are 10 times. Um, you know, if you go to some more right-wing news sites, they say even more than that. Uh, the best estimate or sort of the consensus estimate um, is probably five times uh, the number reflected in testing. Um, so we're maybe 15% of the population at this point. You know, compared to the necessary 70% that we need for herd immunity. Um, so vaccines will arrive before herd immunity. Let me put it that way. Okay. And so with 10 people being, uh, 10 million people being infected, and, and yesterday's current rating was 238,000 people had died thus far, which means statistically one person died for every 43 cases as of yesterday. Correct. Your math is exactly right. That's about we're still seeing slightly over two percent mortality uh, from this illness. Okay, and that's basically sixty-five thousand people died or got infected yesterday. That's over six thousand eight hundred and twenty-five people per hour. That's almost one hundred and forty-four people per minute. 
Yeah, it's it's it, the numbers are very large. It's you're you're you're. I'm not sure your numbers are correct in my as I check them in my head. But it wasn't sixty five thousand people in the last twenty four hours. Just to be clear, it was a hundred and no, hundred and sixty five thousand. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, and so that breaks down to six thousand eight hundred and twenty five people per hour, one hundred and forty four people per minute. And what are they those, all doing? God. Uh, basically, one in 43 people are going to die from those, from that, according to the statistics of the CDC. If, you know, so I'm just, you're just wondering if we're so focused on this election and we're focusing on all this other stuff, where is, why are we opening up restaurants? Why are we talking about opening up schools? I, I I, I I hear you and I agree with you. I, I feel like it is truly opening the barn door just as a hurricane is about to strike. I mean, it's just it's just the wrong time to be opening things up right now. We're we're looking at this pandemic sweeping into California over the course of the next two to three weeks. Um, and we're not exceptional. We had this fantasy of exceptionalism once before or twice before, and it resulted in a serious surge uh, in California. Um, and it's going to happen again. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, though we have gotten better at the acute care, acute management of very ill people with COVID, there is still no cure. There is only sort of supportive care, which um, can only support so much, unfortunately. All right. Thank you so much, caller. It's uh, really helpful, I think, to hear, uh, hear it broken down like that. 144 cases a minute. And if it's what did you say the mortality rate was? It's slightly over 2%. So that so would be... So that like three people are going to die from those 144 per minute? So all three things people being average, a yes. minute? Yeah. Okay. Well, Which um, is why we're going to see, unfortunately, the mortality start going sharply upward again. Okay. Well, given that... But this, we're in the middle of a flash drive. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. We can't go there quite yet because get, when, when the kind of immensity of it starts to you know, surround us and kind of overwhelm us. I really like to come back to, yes, we're in the context of this, but what can individuals do? How can we keep ourselves as safe as possible yeah. as we face this wave that's yeah, going to be And that's a, that's a very good point. I mean, even if things are opening up, um, we don't need to participate in those activities. So if I were a parent with a child, I might elect to continue to keep my child at home um, and do continued remote learning, if at all possible. I realize how difficult that is believe me i do um and the reason or one consideration i would put a fair amount of weight on is the probability that that classroom or that school is going to shut back down if we start seeing or when we when we start seeing higher numbers uh, restaurants may open but i certainly would not go to restaurants i would not go to restaurants with indoor seating continue ordering out continue to order you, support, you know, local support the local businesses don't use the big box stores you know support your local um hardware stores and grocery stores and everything else uh, in a local way but you know it's the indoor prolonged exposure that spreads this virus we know that now with a very high degree of certainty it's not your mail it's not your groceries that you're handling in your kitchen it's staying indoors around other people for more than 15 minutes air circulation has a lot to do with it whether the people are masked or not has a lot to do with it um 
And if you are in a, in a higher risk group, then you need to be more paranoid. Um, and I, I think everybody knows uh, the risk uh, the risk categories at this point. Um, but if you are in that, in one of those groups, um, or if you have multiple risk factors, then you just need to be extremely careful. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It is, you know, we will get there. Uh, we're probably two thirds of the way through this pandemic at this point. Um, it's going to be a really bad two to three months, unfortunately. And I just, I would really urge everybody to sort of hunker down kind of the way we did back in March, expecting this New York style wave to hit us, because I'm really quite confident it's going to hit California over the course of the next few weeks. And so if you're not in a risk group, if you are um, generally healthy and not in any of those risk groups, you can still make a huge difference for people who are, right? That's correct. And so, you know, if you're if you're young and healthy, you know, if you're 30 years old and you don't have any risk factors, the, the probability that you're going to get extremely sick from COVID is quite low. Um, you know, percentage-wise, it is quite low. But it's, it's still... Um, dangerous for you to have COVID because you are almost certainly coming into contact with others. And so if you're coming into contact with others, or if you're at work, or if you go home and you have parents or aunts and uncles or grandparents, um, then you're going to perhaps spread it to them. And the scary thing, which is still you know validated, is this disease can be transmitted from asymptomatic people to others. Um, so you might be healthy, you might be carrying the virus and spreading it to people who could die from it. Um, and that's, that's really why everybody needs to be responsible around this all right so um don't go to gatherings don't go to indoor gatherings well if you're going to go to an indoor gathering just be be cognizant that you are potentially um infected and you need to stay away from others for two weeks afterward and and don't rely on testing to allow your behavior to change. That's that's quite clear. You can't you can't test yourself out of bad behaviors or into bad behaviors. Right. You've been saying that from the beginning that a test doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have it. And so if you're relying on that test to mean that you can go and hang out with a bunch of people with no mask on or do just look at the White House, right? They were testing just all the time and look at the White yeah. House. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. They yeah, they seem to be doing multiple super spreader events and getting it. And spreading it to all well, of them. Well, they also don't people. mask. So, you know, that's. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we've got a couple more thank yous. We have um, Barbara Mercer called in to make a donation. And also Anonymous, again, called in. And they had a comment. They said, listening to this station has sustained them over the last few months. And they really, really appreciate it. And I kind of feel, I feel a little weird because I enjoy doing this show with you. And. It's like a little, you know, a little fun that we get to have talking about the most horrible thing. And why is that? I don't know. But I really, really appreciate you doing it uh, and coming here and just putting out all this information and being available for KZYX listeners for all of these months. Well, it's it's been a pleasure um, in, in some weird way. It's like how you, yeah, you survive the worst things by, you know, just kind of getting through it together. So thanks. Thank you. And that's thanks, Dr. Colfax, and that's also thanks to you for being part of this bizarre little online, on-air community that we've created this kind of ongoing conversation to get ourselves through this. So, And thanks. we will get there. We will get there. We will. So thank you, listeners. Uh, good questions again, and thank you for donating to KZYX. 895-2233 is the number you can call to make your donation. I hear the phone ring. It's great. 
Uh, and kzyx.org is how you can do it if you're an introvert and you just want to kind of press the button and go online and do it. It's all, it's easy. And there's a bunch of thank you gifts. We'd love for you to pick one of those up. We're going to head out of here now, but um, we will be back with the local coronavirus update on Friday. The Dr. Colfax free version. It's going to be with Dr. Corin, our public health officer. And that starts at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. But you'll be back on Monday. I will, after having worked between now and then. Right. I hope it is a very quiet weekend at the hospital. I hope things start to mellow out there. Well, we'll see. And you stay safe. And uh, same with all of you listeners. Stay safe. And we're going to head now to TUC Radio in progress. Please continue to support our flash drive here at KZYX 895-2233. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.